know, it can be, it's maybe not a science exactly, but. All right, in any event, so BIP, that's the, that's the title of this morning's message. Like VIP, but BIP, BIP. And I invite you into Luke chapter 10 if you have a Bible and you'd like to read. If you don't, that's okay. I'm going to read it for you. And to set the stage here, this is Mary and Martha. Right? Many of you are familiar with this story. And Jesus has come uh, to their house. Again, this is Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Amen. Amen. So, this story, there, there are so many wonderful elements to it but it's profoundly simple and uh, my message is not long this morning my hope is that at the end that you can get into that contemplative place and really think about your relationship with God and how your mind and your body are towards the Lord right I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off by giving you this example. How many of you don't like it when you're talking to someone and they're on their phone? <laughs> oh. How many of you don't like this? You come to ask someone a question and they're on their phone. Yeah, yeah, okay. They're not even facing you. So now look in a different direction. <clears throat> I can tell you, my wife will tell you, that it is a pet peeve of mine to no end. Give me your attention. Look, I know Pastor Mike's like that too, right? Right? Am I wrong? Right? And many of you, right? You like to see someone that we're having a conversation, right? Right? Recently, we had a young couple. They came to ask me if I would consider marrying them, right? Have go through premarital counseling and, right? Can you imagine if they had came and asked me that and I had my back to them? Yeah, what do you need? Yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Right? How would you feel? Awful. Right? Not valued. Hmm? Right? Kate and I were out. We had the boys out to dinner uh, this past uh, weekend. And it was in uh, Panera Bread. And we, I just looked over for one second to my left. And I saw um, a mother and her son, believed to be her son, and they were both sitting at the table. They both had their phones, right? They're both looking down at their phones. They are no more than two feet apart, and they're both on their phones. Their heads are close, right? Now, 
They're there together. Uh, and they're in each other's physical presence. But I don't know how much they're interacting. And that's, that might segue to something a little later. But just something to consider. That we can be in the mere proximity to someone. But it doesn't necessarily mean that we are attentive to them. Listening to them. Even acknowledging them. All right? Mere presence can sometimes be an acknowledgement. It can. And sometimes uh, you know, men are more like that. You can just be in the company. Women like to talk more, right? And maybe I want the interaction of voice. But there's something to be said about giving someone your attention. And that's my point here, right? Fully allowing yourself to be attentive. So here we see in this story, Jesus is at the house of Mary and Martha. And he's come by. And uh, we know that Jesus loves this family. Uh, the brother is Lazarus. Um, we know how Jesus wept. And Lazarus died. So Jesus is here with his family. And Martha is intent on being the hospitable one. Right? Hospitality in the Near East. Right? This, is, this is a cultural uh, idea that is pervasive throughout the Middle East or the Near East, depending on which term you use. Today, as it was uh, in the ancient world, right? It's something very important. And so Martha is doing, right? She's doing the right, the good thing, right? She's preparing for Jesus. She wants to, you know, make uh, this food what it should be. And, but there are other things going on with Martha. She's distracted. She loves to serve, but she's distracted. And I think you're in this room today, if you love Jesus, you have to take stock at your relationship with him and take a look and see, are you distracted some of the time, much of the time, all the time? Some of the time, much of the time, all of the time. Let's take a look at Martha's distraction in this story. In verse 39, she had a sister named Mary who sat down in front of the Lord and was listening to what he said. Martha was worried about all that had to be done. Probably a great time to think about this story is maybe Thanksgiving or Christmas. You get all these preparations. Let's, let's bring it really close. All right, so we've got... Christmas Eve service, 7 o'clock. Wait, you're making food because you've got the family coming over, but wait, we've got to get service. And then we've got to do this, and we've got the presents wrapped. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then somewhere along the way, oh yeah, Jesus the Savior was born. <laughs> right? Somewhere along the way. We get so caught up in the doing, we forget the reason why we're doing it in the first place. The New American uh, Standard Version says, Martha was burdened with much serving. New King James says, but Martha was distracted with much serving. She's distracted by all these preparations, right? She's a worker. She's a hard worker. Can't be taken away from her. She's conscientious about what she does. Uh, and it's not that she wasn't interested in Jesus' words, because we look back in the text. 
She had been sitting at his feet earlier. Right? This is not a, this is this is not something to be overlooked. This is actually critical to when we see Martha. So she had been sitting at the feet of Jesus earlier, like Mary. Had been. Right? She became distracted. So at one point she had been focused. But then that voice, which you are all familiar with, it's the voice of demand. The demand voice. The demand upon you. It can be your work. It can be your family. It can be all of those tasks that you didn't finish last week because maybe you distracted yourself with something else. But the voice of demand is such that it can actually be crippling at times. The voice of demand is very powerful. And it takes an acknowledgement that that voice is upon you to ever do something about it. Because many of us go through our lives recognizing that we're constantly busy, but not saying, wait a minute, I can actually stop this. I don't have to do all this. It's burying me, right? It's burying me, and how is my relationship with Jesus Christ doing as a result of it? Hmm. And demands come at different times. It, it, it could be as soon as you wake up. It could be as you're going to bed. It could be throughout the day. But constantly, brothers and sisters, we are distracted. Maybe right now as you sit in this room, even as I say that, you're thinking about what you were supposed to do, what you need to do. I'm bringing you back right now. Come back. You're in this room for no other reason to worship the king, to hear his word. This, this is but a moment, brothers and sisters. It's a really simple message, but we actually have to act. We have to be proactive about this. We have to be intentional. That's what the message, BIP, it stands for being intentionally present. Okay? Husbands and wives, when you're together, you need to be intentionally present with that person. I catch myself doing it at times. I come home from work. Kate will be saying something to me and I'm caught up in the next task that I'm doing and I literally stop it. I have to be present because I can be caught up doing 10 other things. I can still listen. I can still hear what she's saying. You've got to be intentionally present in our relationships with our husbands and wives how about our children? Oh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> Dad, I'm on the edge of the road. Dad, look what I'm doing. Oh, yeah, great. <laughs> or, you know, my son writing his first letters. My son started to read very recently, and I'm sitting and I'm amazed by it. I want to be present. And you know what? I'm present with him. Like, I'm looking at what he's doing, but I just want to look at him and I just want to see him because this time is fleeting. It is fleeting. You all know. 
you that have children, grandparents, you all know how fleeting this is. And then they'll be teenagers. <laughs> and they'll face the next challenge. But time is fleeting. So too is our time in earth. So too is the time in this room. So too is the time with the loved ones, your brothers and sisters who you share. I, I'm telling you, I say this often. There are brothers and sisters who are no longer in this body of Christ, this local assembly People who moved away, left for whatever reason it is. Some who've died and gone home to the Lord. There's but a time. Be present. Be intentionally present. Bip. Be intentionally present. Be intentionally present. Be intentionally present. Over and over and over again. So the bottom line is that Martha is distracted sitting at the feet of Jesus. She needs to come back. And we need to come back to the feet of Jesus. She's pulled in two different directions. Right? And this is what the Greek, the connotation here in the Greek is. She's pulled. She's pulled in two directions. Can you picture a horse, two horses, tied with a rope, going in opposite directions? Who's going to win? Who's going to win? And that demand voice, that demand voice is often got to do it right now. Now, 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 now. Not later. It's now. It's now. Can you picture Jesus sitting there? He knew what was going on in her. He could see the turmoil in her spirit. Brothers and sisters, it's real simple to picture this, but this is the God of the universe who just walked into Martha's house. Yahweh, the creator of all, is in her house. And she's worried about making him dinner. If Yahweh walked into your house in the flesh in that way, if Jesus walked into your house, would you just want to sit with your mouth open and look at him? Or would you be worried about getting cheese and crackers for Jesus? Right, And again, she's doing what she thinks is right. She's doing a good thing. She's in service. She's doing a good thing. But it's not the best thing. The best thing is to be with Jesus intentionally present. Intentionally present with Jesus Christ. The Lord of all, the Ancient of Days, walks into your living room. Don't go make him hors d'oeuvres. Martha is taking the insignificant and she's making it significant in her mind. Right? So whatever tasks that you have during the week, maybe you put them off and then they all come alive at that one moment, maybe when you should be having your time with Jesus. Maybe that's time here. So what do you do during the week? Because I love this when someone says, I don't have time you write out your schedule, morning to sleep. I'll show you time. And if you're honest with yourself, you know you have time somewhere. But what do you occupy that time with? I'm not here to slam social media. I've become a slave in some ways to my phones at work. I have too far, right? But 
What are you doing with those other bits of time you have? Be intentionally present to Jesus Christ. Be intentionally present. I guarantee you, when you are home with the Lord, you're going to wish you had taken more of that time in your life and been intentionally present. Amen. Not because he's some cosmic punisher and he's going to say, you should. No, no, no. I think you're going to taste how good he is and know at that moment, oh Lord, I should have been prostrate on the floor in front of you so many more times. I should have been in prayer for my family. I should have been present with my child. I should have done that. Right? Shoulda, woulda, coulda. You've had those moments in your life here, in the now, when you wish you had done something differently. Someday, in the Lord's presence, we all might be saying that. Hallelujah. Martha expresses doubt about the care of Jesus. Look back in the text. This is, this is pretty remarkable. Right? Let me get right here. She expresses doubt. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Can you imagine ordering God? Tell her to help me. Yahweh, tell her to help me. Tell her to help me. You don't care. She's doubting the care that God has. Do we ever do that? Do we ever doubt the care that God has for us? Mm. Maybe you're at a place in your life where uh, you've just had one bad thing after another that seems to befall you. And you're doubting God's care for you. That happens. Psalm 55.22 Cast your cares on the Lord. And he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. First Peter 5, 7. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. He cares for us. So Martha, she expresses this doubt. Lord, you don't care. Right? What's on her mind? There's this mental distance between Martha and Jesus. And then it becomes a physical distance. She actually goes, she's in the other room. Oftentimes we tell ourselves that what we're doing is the right, it's the good thing, right? We're telling ourselves that this is really pleasing him. We're telling ourselves, right? But what we really need to do is just leave that right where it is and go and spend some time with Jesus. Because all those actions are empty they, they're meaningless when this when your heart isn't with Jesus well we can skip our quiet time to go cut the grass okay you could you're being a good steward you're serving maybe yeah, you're keeping the ground whatever it is that you do God cares for us. He knows that we need that time. He wants that time as any good parent wants that time with their child. Stop and allow yourself to be intentionally present. And so that's it. That intentionally choosing the best part is what Mary did. 
She intentionally chose the best part. She sat at the feet of Jesus. She's contrasted with Martha in this story. Only one is needful, and Mary has chosen the best part. I ask you again, there's this demand for service, there's this demand, it's a good thing, it's a good thing. If you're a Christian, you should want to serve the Lord in ministry. You should want to tell people about Jesus Christ. But there's a balance here. There's serving and there's intimacy with God. That is the great, that is the greater. It's the best thing. It's the best thing. Martha chose serving. Mary chose the intimacy. Martha's choosing many things that she's worried about. Mary chooses one thing that she's focused on. Martha decided that the teaching of Jesus could wait till later. Mary decides that it's now that's important. And so something that we need to leave here with is recognizing that while a lot of these things can be good, as I've said, even good things become a distraction. So I'm not knocking those things. And it's important that you recognize that too. That feeding the, the hungry and, this, and helping the sick or praying for the sick and whatever it is that we're, in, we're involved in, those are good things. You don't want to stop doing them. But it comes back down to why are you doing it in the first place? And is your heart truly with Jesus Christ? Are you actively Are you intentionally being present to God? Good versus best. Only one thing is the very best. Being intentionally present with Jesus Christ. I want you to think about this. This wasn't a long message today. I want you to think about music. And we're going to come back here. We're going to play one more song. Whatever your favorite song is, whether it's praise and worship, whatever that song is, and you know you all have one probably, right? Some song you really, truly love. Each one of the notes that is arranged, each one of them has a value, has a sound in and of itself. Maybe to you it's beautiful, maybe it's not. When you arrange them in the right order, it's truly a beautiful thing. And it's music to your ears. If you take those same notes in your favorite song and you put them in some strange order, it's dissonance. It's noise. Like, that's, not, that's not the song that I love. What I say to you this morning is that the order of your life and the priority of your life is very much like that music. When it's in the right order, it's music to the ears of Jesus Christ. But when it's out of order, it's a lot of noise and dissonance. Amen. I asked the praise team to come up.